Let's drone out. It seemed like the right way to start the podcast. Thank goodness for the live logo in the corner. Yeah. Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. <laughs> Oops, I didn't even see that. It missed the best part. It missed the best part out today. Yeah, I know. Like FPV buttholing. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, tonight we are joined by Andy RC. Good evening, everyone. Greg from Menace RC. Hello, everyone. Curry Kitten. Hello. And everyone's favourite first-person view in my butthole, Tony. I think you should elaborate on that. Why are we talking about FPV through buttholes and what's the reception like? And Bonjour. Has, has Greg already developed a new antenna that can help us out there? Yeah, <laughs> Probably. It's called the probe. I thought it was called. I thought it was called the invader myself. Mm. <laughs> and I am bright until I fly. Uh, one of our f- favourite viewers has lost someone close to them, and we would just like to say that we give our thoughts to her. And uh, also, yep. someone very special is watching tonight for Tony. Hello, don't be shy. <laughs> Say hello in the chat. Oh, I forgot we've got a chat. Yeah, uh, shout out to, um, I'm going to say her name, Tornado Girl. We're thinking about you. Are you going out with Tornado Girl now? No, but I'm thinking about her because she lost someone dear to her. So, What about the other girl? Are you thinking about her as well? Just in Constantly. A way. Okay. <laughs> Constantly, Jack. Okay. Uh, oh, so, look, there is a chat. So anyway, tonight uh, we're here with Menace RC. How are you doing? Very well, thank you very much. Oh, you're a little bit muffled. Yeah. You were, uh, a moment ago. Oh, does it get clearer as I come in closer? No. <laughs> no. Are you recording with a potato? <laughs> we had to yeah. teach Tony about this. Um, it's, it's on a MacBook. It's the MacBook microphone. It's still muffled. It's horrendous. Anyone listening to this as a podcast, I do apologise. Greg makes fantastic antennas, but is absolutely useless when it comes to microphones. If you can bear with me, I'll go and get a microphone. Please do. Hello. Yeah, there you go. Clear or muffled? Clear up. It's still rubbish. Do I leave and rejoin via the phone? No, that's fine. Just we'll just carry on. Have you got an Android thing. phone? No. Have you got the headphones that came with your Apple device? Somewhere. All right, go find them. <laughs> it could be hours. <laughs> I'll be back again. You carry on talking amongst yourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're a bit on hold. Someone's sorry, on hold sorry about that, guys. My computer did a blue screen of death. It always does that. When we do this podcast, someone's like it's trying to tell me something. Yeah. Right. You've frozen in a brilliant position, Andy. You were doing this. Yeah, I did it. Actually, was like that for about 30 seconds because I wasn't sure whether it was still like it did a blue, it did the Windows blue screen again, but like it said, oh, your computer's gathering information. I'm like, what if it's actually transmitting? So I thought, I'll sit like that for 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Anyways, any, was... any objections to me? Because the podcast has gone so to shit. Any, any objections to me, um, like phoning up and ordering a pizza? Because <laughs> like I did, I did not get to finish cooking. My cooker exploded. As long as so you bad. read out your your credit card details on like, on the the stream, then yes. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Something inside me is telling me that's wrong. Are you going to order oh, a pizza just to offend Tony as well? Where's Frank when you need him? Oh, there we go. Hello. Can I order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the worst podcast ever. Just think of all the new uh, pizza so, interest we're going to get. What about all the new subscribers? The only reason I answered this is because at the moment I'm on like the drone podcast and it is going to hell so i thought i might as well answer and say hey how you doing because uh i really wish the, the ground would open up and eat me right about now so do i yeah mate other pizza places are available i have phoned you a lot of times <laughs> what would you recommend domino's or pizza hut i don't uh, like domino's anymore uh you can get a vegan you can get a vegan pizza at all right pizza cool. hut. you can, can you hear me now Yes, yes. yes. it's beautiful. working. Oh. Is it nice and clear? It's yeah. very clear. perfect. Cool. Right. Hello. Hi, Greg from NSRC. How are Hello. you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad you can hear me now. You sound great. Cool. Right. What should we talk about? Well, the new Pico patch, I think. Um, that's the one. Yes. Cool. Is the left hand the same colour? Yeah, they're both purple, the Pico patch. Okay. So I'll give you a quick overview of the patch itself. Um, designed it, it's much smaller than our current Invader. Um, and also it's been able to increase the efficiency of the patch itself, which means that we've been able to bring the, um, the gain of it up. So ultimately, you've got a much smaller patch and you can fly a bit further with it. So that's the Pico in a nutshell. Uh, it's what, very... What's the sort of beam width? Is that thinner or the same? Or so what? What you've got here is um, where you've increased the overall gain. It's the out front gain of the patch itself. It means that the beam width is um, reduced. So it's a, it's a um, sixty one degrees on the the patch itself. Um, but what I've been able to do is plot the polar plot of the patch against the invader patch and also the pagoda as well onto uh, a different style of chart because um, all, all the all the antennas and everything you see on the market they they're all in db and it's very hard um for the average user to relate the db to the actual what it's going to do for you so um i've been able to work it out and plot it in meters so based on a 25 milliwatt vtx um, of you course. Can, yeah, of course. You can um, see the range and the beam width and everything that you can fly with it. What's interesting is that down um, at the close quarters, the, the beam width is very similar to, uh, to the Invader. And then you can see there's a, there's a massive lobe out the front. We've got that plot up on the Menace website. So if anyone wants to have a look, they can just hop on there and um, go onto the Pico page and you will see what I'm talking about. Or you could put the link in the chat. 
I still we, think, Jack, that the title is spelled wrong. <laughs> spelt, spelt. I think it's P-I-C-O, not P-E-C-O. Welcome to the Dyslexic Podcast. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> just people just say, no, you've done it wrong, and then just say, put a C in it, and don't actually tell me where or what. Or I Change the K for a C. Yeah, but it's it's P I C O, isn't it? Not P E. Not says Pecco. Oh, you did a, you did an E as well. Well, you got two out of four letters, right? That's <laughs> it's well done, Jack. <laughs> I hate you all. To be fair, that like I don't even know why I'm defending this great Yeti, but to be fair, he he's um he his cooker did just blow up in his face, so he was probably a bit dishevelled. Yeah. Also, well, they... All right, Jack. The only reason yeah. I know as well is because no, you, I'm, I'm got one. I'm dyslexic, and when I was, I I always get the title of my videos wrong. And when I was looking at Pico, I was I couldn't like how how do you spell that? Like so, I, I had to to look. So, um, Greg, it went on sale. Was it yesterday uh, on Menace site? Um, we we started um, shipping them yes, yesterday, and. Uh, they went on pre-orders on Friday last week. So anyone who's put a pre-order in um, would, have, would have shipped yesterday. And likelihood, if you're in the UK, you would have received it today. So um, when, when I did my review, I got like quite a few comments that were like, damn it, I've just bought the Invader. <laughs> and so, so my question is, is this to replace the Invader or are you still going to run that because of the slightly wider field of view on the Invader? Um, right, so how I see it is that the Invader, very good patch, and it works extremely well if you're racing in all those sort of applications. Um, but if you want to do a bit freestyle, you want to fly a little bit further, um, then that's what the Pico's for. Um, now, I'm a strong believer that you don't just buy one antenna and it's going to be great for all applications or all places you want to fly and use it so it's always good to have a few um receiving antennas in your in your toolbox as it were so that if you're at a location you can pick the right one for you you know the invader up close quarters wider beam width you're going to fly a much um, wider area but then if you want to fly a lot further then you can um, swap that out put the pico on in fly further um that's kind of um you know where where it fits into the range so i don't see it as replacing the invader but just complementing the menace range of receiving patches yeah that's sort of what that's the, that's sort of what i said to the comments as well because the, the invader is probably better for close up stuff because the field of view also tails off as you get further away doesn't it as well so yes. um that that's kind of how i've been using it as well if you're going a little bit further distance then the Pico's good, uh, but for where I fly as well, like the Pico's doing its job close in as well for me. So um, it's it's a win win. Well, me. it's good. Yeah, it's good for uh, bush penetration. Am I right? <laughs> Tony knows all about that. <laughs> We're not experts on that. Well, <laughs> You've been doing a lot of uh, bush penetration lately. <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to help if you're flying through scraggle bushes and such because yeah. you, you you've got a higher gain antenna on your goggles so you are going to receive more of the uh, transmitted signal 
I've just uh, I've just looked at that chart, Greg, and I think that's a fantastic idea. I've seen I've obviously seen the sort of chart before, which generally says it's good out the front, not so good out the back. But even if it's an estimate, put in the sort of range that it's like you might get is is far better than um, yeah, as you say, sort of DB or just that sort of strange, you know, weird shape that you generally see. That's a good idea. Yeah. I hope people adopt that. Yeah, it was just trying to put it into into a um something that everyone can relate to because not everyone talks in dbs or you know in electrical electronic terms so i think hopefully that it'd be quite quite a useful way of um explaining how the antennas work and what they're capable of yeah because db can be quite i found it tricky because it's a, a logarithm it's a mathematic thing isn't it it's sort of it's not linear so, um, like, I think the general rule is, is it something like 6 dB is double the range? But then if you go up again, it's sort of, it, it's, it's not like 6 dB every time. It sort of, it tails off. And that's where I struggle with, like, talking with dB and stuff. Yeah, it, it can get, um, it can get very confusing. Um, so, you know, with the, with the logarithmic scales and such. So, you know, I think just trying to put something pictorial in in meters, it really does remove that confusion and it gives you something that is quite tangible to what you're trying to do with your drone. Yeah. Possibly, no. Unless you're American, in which case do you think a meter might be something like 10 miles and you're a bit confused <laughs> by the whole idea? <laughs> There's always that. Trust Curry Kitten to just... So... Uh... Well, it's normally your job. Um, so it's different to the Invader patch, isn't it? So the Invader patch is flat, and the Pico has got like a bit sticking out. Can what's what's that? What is that on there? And what does it do? And why does it do it? Um, well, so basically, I'm, I'm asking the... these questions, Jack, for people who don't know. So stop slapping your head. I love the way you put it, though. He lost me in the technicality there. It's too too much for me. The sticky out bits. I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to break break it down for the viewers who are probably me anyway. You mean the active element and the passive reflector? Ooh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, it's just like, I thought he might have learned something after all these years of like you know he he attended the you know the the episode with. Can we mute him? Just he, he was there with me with the episode with like you know Alex there like teaching us and it did not go in at all not one bit Jack have you heard like when people do interviews they try to break it down for people who are listening who don't know how to say stuff yeah I know so I thought I'm you might know well now. I do know but I'm trying to make Get easier for other people who are listening. And now all they can hear is us arguing as usual. <laughs> Sometimes what people tune in for. <laughs> Sorry, Greg, carry on. I know, but not tonight. Right. Sorry, okay, Greg. So, um, yeah, basically it's a two-layer two PCB construction. Um, now, with the Invader, it was a one, it was a, it was a one PCB with two uh, copper layers on it. So you had your ground plane on the back of the PCB, and on the front, you had your active plane. In between those two uh, copper elements, you had the PCB material, which was the FR4. Um, now, Fiberglass for Tony. 
that works perfectly well. Um, but what I've done with the um, Pico is to try and remove as much of the FR4 material between the active and the passive um, copper planes. Because um, then air, air is perfect for radio waves, but FR4 isn't so good. So um, by changing the way it's constructed and then introducing this air gap in much thinner materials, it means we've moved as much as the FR4 as possible and therefore increase the efficiency of the, um, of the patch. So that's how I've um, been able to get the gain up much higher on the Pico compared to the Invader. Um, as a result of that, because the efficiency has gone up, I thought, well, let's see how far I can push it and optimise how, how much I can shrink the size of the ground plane. So and it's ended up at the size we sort of see here. Um, where's that? Yeah. See, so for anyone that's smaller. looking. Totally, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... And then side on, uh, uh, I can't really see with a... Yeah. So I am fascinated, Greg. I know nothing about the antenna technology, but in developing this, do you just, is, is it like, well, I, I've done this and I know if I change the shape of this, it's going to do that. And then you put it on a big analyzer and check what happens. And is it trial and error from there? Or is there some, is there some sort of logic about shapes and sizes of what you can do and what you think you're going to get from them? Right. There's, um, so with patch antennas, a lot of the a lot of the work is done. Um, if you go and search for patch antenna design online, you'll see um, numerous websites with calculations and ways to calculate um, the size of the patch. There's even online calculators, but they're all based on just a standard square um, backplane or a circular backplane. Um, the the active elements can be various different shapes, um, but a majority of these um, patch designs are done via a square or truncated corner or something like that. Um, now, what I've done with these is that I played around with, and literally played around with different shapes of um, ground planes, etc., and then make one, test it, and then sort of see where it's going. Um, think, you know, if you need to improve it, change the shape again, compare it to the last one, and you're trying to build your own profile of where you're going with it. So it is, it is quite a lengthy process, and you do make quite a lot of prototypes before you end up with something that, is, um, that you're happy with, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how many did you go through and did you end up with any weird and wacky shapes that you just like, this is, this is weird, not putting that out? Oh, I mean, at least at least a dozen iterations of the design. Um, now, when I when I started off, um, I've got like a, a small CNC machine. So I get some uh, copper clad board and I can cut this on the CNC machine. So the first few iterations are just really hobby handmade on the machine and soldered together and everything like that. But then what happens then is once you've um, got something going in that sense and then you want to move forward to something which is more of a product, that's when you 
get the, the, the design files over to a PCB house and they, they will make the, um, the PCBs. But then ultimately what you find is every single PCB house or PCB source has um, FR4 material, which has def different relative permeability. So you, when you get it back, it is not what you expected. So you have to go through that cycle again of tweaking and adjusting until you get to somewhere that you're absolutely happy with and it's going to perform the way you want it to. Um, so um, <clears throat> we've got a lot of things that are changing. Uh, in terms of, so I think it's fair to say that a lot of people are going to be using these patch antennas with diversity because of the, you know, the, the field of view, etc. And we're, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, these diversity modules changing recently, like the Clearview system and now Rapid Fire. And ha have any tests been done with with those to see if um, you know the antennas will benefit that system? I've, I've got something here. Um, this is a, a very let's drone out product. The Doc King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't Google docking. Just don't. Because um, I, right, kids. I got, I got this do thing. I, do I edit that out in the edit, guys? Can we have like no, a little vote? Why leave why, it? In. Why would you edit the Doc King? I said, what's wrong? Oh, Doc King. Two Ks. I didn't even know what it was anyways. I, I Googled it because everyone was like, oh, man, that name. Um, can I dock with you, Andy? Uh, no. You can. You can, actually. Yeah, uh, we should not go into that. <laughs> One of you will have to be the dock queen. You both have to be... Uh, what's the What's the word? Um, no, I, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Your jokes from the list that you gave me were far not offensive. Enough. I had to change them a lot. Yes, I was like, I can't, I can't say this. Yeah, and uh, basically, anytime you heard me make a joke about myself, originally it was wrote a riot, and then I thought that's not fair. I might as well change it to to me. So, anyways. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you make about these diversity modules and like they they do like blending of the two, aren't they? So that you don't get like so much complete breakup and, and stuff. Yeah. The um, the Clearview style modules they they obviously work differently to diversity. So yeah. uh, so you know diversity switches from one antenna to the other, whereas a Clearview, um, like you just said, it it will take what it feels is the best from each antenna and merge the two together. I'm not sure exactly how it does it, but um, yeah, tested um, the Pico on, on a clear view, uh, two, two Picos, and it works very well. Um, it's, um, there's, I know there's the, the rapid fire as well coming out yeah. quite soon, if it's I not out already. So I think that's going to be one to grab and um, do some testing with with the Pico to see, see um, how it performs on that as well. So Greg saying, buy more Pico antennas. <laughs> two. <laughs> two. Yeah. And I take it when you buy two Pico antennas, you'll be angling them at different directions. And, and do you advise doing that on, like, say, um, your goggles as well, o over using, say, a Omni? in conjunction with the Pico? Um, it, it, it depends entirely to the user and what they're trying to do. Um, I, I would say for most applications, an omni antenna and a directional antenna, 
like the Pico, would um, fit most people's applications in what they're trying to do, where they're trying to fly. Um, I have seen some guys using two Picos. Um, again, if you're going to put two on, it depends what, what you're trying to achieve with it. If you're trying to achieve quite a wide flying area at distance, then, yeah, mount the two on your goggles and move the angle so they're pointing sort of, you know, out each way apart. So maybe at sort of 35 to 45 degrees apart or or further, depending on, you know, how far you're going to fly and so on. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say most applications, an Omni, an Omni and a Pico patch would be great. But... Um, yeah, we'll do some. We'll do some more testing, and we'll, we'll get one of those rapid fires, and we'll test with that as well, and see see what the best solution yeah. is. I thought yeah. about getting one of those, but don't they require it? Like, I, I haven't got the HDOs. I've got the um, HD threes, and don't they require you to run a, a wire across? I think the, the ri- yeah, I think the, the ribbon can't take the five volts. But then, like Josh did a test, and he modified it, and it made no difference or something. It was uh, I I. I need to look up what's going on because that's why I haven't. Uh, that that's why Doc Kinged uh, because um, I'm yeah I'm not sure about the the power with the the rapid fire. I need to I need to look it up. Sandra, Sandra put a post on Facebook about um, modifying one of the bits in Fat Sharks, taking off some little resistor or something, which would then put out the right amount of. The thing is, though, uh, you know, I, I would that that surely would invalidate the warranty, which I use all the time because fat charge. <laughs> you keep breaking yours. Well, well, I use them a lot. I mean, it's, yes, it's lucky you work for them. I should be in trouble. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I worked for them. I'd have a nice shiny pair of HDOs. Everyone seems to have gone and bought them, but uh, I haven't got a pair. I thought you were supposed to re- receive a check in the post room. I don't get anything. Well, I don't get anything from Fat Shark. I wish I did. I did. Although I hear I've got the attitudes, and I hear the attitudes have got the the right can power up the rapid fire. So maybe maybe I can fight because the Jack's, rapid. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say Jack's got attitude. Can I do a um, <laughs> can I do a readout of the people in the chat, please? Please yeah. do. I think we should. Uh, Richard Harbord's in the chat. MC Creations in the chat. Owen's in the chat. Bill MRC's in the chat. Falling with Star, what's up, mate? Ash is in the chat. He's got a ch- uh, question that he's going to type out again because I can't find it. Enoch's in the chat. Who else is in the green patches? Uh, Zero, as ever. What's up, Zero? Um, who else have we got in there? Mikey. Mikey Dread is in the chat. HBI's in the chat as well. What's up, HBI guy? He's uh, selling all the menace patches up where he works. There's Harry Haggis, Drone Racer 101. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. You, I bet I have typed in the chat more times than Tony. No, actually, maybe not. (laughs) I was just going to encourage people to try it just with one patch because there's nothing like the exciting time of having one directional antenna and having to manually track with your head to find out where your yeah. model is. That's, that's, that gets you really in interesting positions, especially if you're sat in a chair like this. But, uh, yeah, it's all good. That, before the days of diversity was more interesting. It's funny you say that. I, be- I believe this, uh, this Doc King thing, 
I keep I keep bringing it up. I keep <laughs> you keep like, that word, I you? just like saying dock, docking. Yeah. Um, I think it's got like a model finder on it. You know, so so if your model comes down, uh, it's got like a a thing on it. So it'd be interesting to check that out. Another thing that I um been told about because this is Furious FPV. Tony, there's two Tonys in the chat, by the way, and I'm scared. Sorry. Why um, is there two Tonys? I don't know. It's a picture of a cat. So um, the, uh, the Furious FPV have got a. You know how people are um sticking on and off buttons on their fat shots for some reason you know have you seen people do that because they they want a button to turn their fat shots on mm. um furious yeah. furious factory connectors for well yes yeah but but there are, are a huge amount of people and you can look them up who uh, are are like cutting holes in their fat shots to put a button on so that you can leave your battery in like and press the button to turn them off, which I think is a bad idea because it means you can leave your goggles turned on, you know. And you know, so I don't, I don't get the point. But people want it. So Furious FPV have come out with a Fat Shark uh, battery that's got a button on it, <laughs> so you don't have to do the button mod. But I don't know how, I don't know how this is going to work. If you leave your battery plugged in. Uh, and it somehow is recognizing that there's no activity on your goggles. It's going to automatically shut your goggles off. So um, that should be an interesting product, and hopefully I'll get one of those to check out as well. What? Oh, Hank, what? Huh? What? It's a Fat Shark battery yeah. with, with a button on it, so you can turn your goggles on and off. Yeah, it, no, that, that bit I get, but if it doesn't detect activity, it's going to turn off. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to do that, but that's what they've told me. Well, After, what, so you're flying... If you fly very, very still and don't move your head, it could turn off while you're flying. No, no, they're saying when there's no activity with the goggles, and I don't... Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I Jack, Jack, when he flies, he's like, duh, duh, like that, and there'd be no activity. And then you're like... <laughs> Or are we saying that goggles draw more power when there's like a picture on the screen, but if there's just static? Possibly. I don't know. I really, I, I, I don't know. Well, well, you need to, you need to get Thank this. You're going to review this, Andy. Yeah, yeah. docking thing going, Andy. And why have you put clothes back on? Everyone was uh, wanting you in the vest. Yeah, we've like, got sixty viewers who want that top right off. I just, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not a piece of meat. You and know. that's literally because Tony <laughs> typed in the chat at the start. Andy RC's got his tits out for the lads. No, I wrote that. Did you write that? Yeah. Everything gets written in the chat is oh, now attributed no. well, to Tony. I'm afraid. I'm so pleased yeah. that that, I'm so pleased that that was announced, and I'm sorry to disappoint, but um, you know. I have, I have my. I'm not a piece of meat. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I am. If anybody is interested in listening, that I am. <laughs> okay, there's a question. There's a question in the chat for Greg. What does Pico mean, or Pico, Pico as Jack would call it? Uh, and why did Graham, Greg name it that? Pico. Um, Okay. Uh, it, is it like Latin for penetration yeah. or something? <laughs> no. Something very small or something. Correct. Yes. When you um, oh. look at capacitors, um, you've got um, milli, micro, pico, nano, pico. It's just um, as you get smaller in a value, it's just the terminology. So I thought, yeah, 
we've seen micro in mini products so let's go for pico so pico patch as in smaller so it's mm. physically smaller so nano is the it. next one then <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> i have i have a question um so is is a um is a cloverleaf antenna not as good as the pagoda that's my question because i i tried the pagoda and i don't i don't know if it's because i my flying site's quite small i i find that i'm flying above myself quite a lot and i find um with the pagoda when i go over the top of myself i lose signal and with the cloverleaf i don't get that um so that's why i don't use the the pagodas i, I use the the cloverleaf yeah. but but when I see everyone's setup, they're using a pagoda. So, what is it that's better about the pagoda than the cloverleaf? Is it higher gain or something? What What's the the, the benefit? The um, so in your situation where you're flying, you know, earlier on we were talking about having the right antenna for the right job. Yeah, you're flying over the top of you, so you find that the clover works for you, which is which is absolutely right because the way the pagoda is done, it's um. Everyone knows it's, it's PCBs, and um, mm. it sets up a, the, the um, radiation pattern um, by phasing on these two PCBs. But what that means is at the top and at the bottom of the pagoda, um, you've got these sort of knolls, so you don't get as much signal at the top and bottom. So when you've tried that pagoda and you've flown right over your head, you're directly underneath it, and mm-hmm. you've experienced the signal dropping out. But with the clover leaf it's a bit more uniform around the clover, so you haven't experienced the, um, the, the, the dropout. Um, what was the second part of your question? Uh, I think that was it. I think that, that was, was it, it really. I, yeah. I mean, I think the, que- the question was which is better, but, um, so, but so, so is the pagoda, does it have, um, oh, that was it, does it have a higher gain than a cloverleaf? Or, or the, the, I, I, I guess they're sort of, very low in gain the omnis because they're yeah, I mean, a lot of omnis hover around the one db mark um so i think the pagoda might be 1.2 or 1.3 or something like that um the the main difference between the cloverleaf and the pagoda is what they call the actual ratio um so that's the measurement of the right hand signal compared to the left hand signal and how it rejects um the you know the opposite so if you've got a right hand one clover um it might pick up more left hand signal than a pagoda because the pagoda would reject more of the left hand signal if that makes sense yeah oh okay yeah no that's cool should racers be like you know we use race band and we can sort of fly eight people at a time Uh should we start introducing left right left right left right would that make a difference um (laughs) you know it's going to depend on the location that you're in now if if you say for say say we're flying indoors for example Mm -hmm. and um we're all going left right left right left right every time a signal hits a wall indoors it's going to bounce back as the opposite. So that right-hand signal is going to change to a left. Right. So in, in an indoor environment, if you're going left, right, left, right, left, right, I think you would probably see a bit – it would be worse than you all being on the same right, as it P- were. 
but Greg, if we're indoors flying, yeah. our tiny whoops with linear antennas, yes. we're going to be using the Bandicoot patch. Yeah, you know you are. <laughs> it's almost like Jack. Understand. It's almost like Jack saying that question like he knows the answer. That's amazing. I, I don't it. know anything anymore. <laughs> Am, am I being pedantic? Because it, it was slightly getting to me. Every time you guys said clover, I'm thinking, did they actually mean clover or they, did they mean skew planer? Because surely the, the free-lobed clover is kind of out of business now, isn't it? And everyone's got a four-leaf skew planer antenna. Was uh, that, no, well, that, I think... I don't know. I just call them the clover leaf because, like, they're similar. Yeah. Just the shape of them. They're, they're so similar yeah. that I think... For me, just... it, it, I thought it was... Alex Alex Grieve and some other guys came up with the idea of the clover. Yeah. yeah. And, and the skew plane has been around since the 50s as this massive thing developed on low frequencies, which was adapted. Mm. So every time people say clover leaf, I'm like, why are you using the old stuff? I think and, and just just anecdotally, where, where I fly, I'm not seeing a difference between using uh, a skew and uh, a uh, a thingy. I forgot what the name is Pagoda. now. The other one, thank you, Pagoda. Yeah, yeah they, they all seem the same, but I'm not flying over my head like Andy does. No. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just when I fly. Well, I get it's also when you when you when you fly higher up. Uh, I get. I guess you are sort of more over over yourself when you fly yeah. higher up as well. When when you use the dock kick, what you could do is have the one antenna pointing forwards and then one pointing up, like in an L shape, and maybe that might work. Possibly. <laughs> but then oh, again, it depends. People, it depends what your antenna is doing up there, though. I've seen people do that, though. It works like that, doesn't it? Because you don't even have to have your antenna pointing Linear, up. Linear, it does in, in a way. If you point it down, it's still the same. Is that right? Oh, it's a torus, yeah. It's completely pointless <laughs> pointing it down. Then it, it just matches the the planes. Yeah, so if you're flying and your drone's aerials... Like, <laughs> like that, a unicorn. <laughs> Sorry. Like that, you could have one pagoda up and one <laughs> at a point. Uh. So um, does I don't I had a look on the site, but I couldn't see. Does Menace have a uh, like a cloverleaf style antenna? And if if not, are you planning on releasing one? Um, we haven't got a cloverleaf one. No, we've got the got the pagoda the pagoda style one, which we call the Raptor. Raptor. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I tell you, I I kind of I kind of love. The um, the control of printed circuit boards, yeah, and in, in the preciseness of them. Now, you know, if you went down the route of doing clover leaves and um, you know making making wire loops and everything like that, there there would be a lot of um, testing and setting up in production of each and every one of them. Yeah, um, and you would probably have quite a high um, rate of ones which wouldn't pass the tests which would have to come back through for retweaking and so on so i mean the great thing with pcbs is the the accuracy of the copper going onto the pcb is much much higher than um a, sort of a, a wound or a, a wire formed antenna um so you know our, our rejection rate is very small um and that's kind of why i love the love the pcbs for repeatability yeah, I guess they're more durable as well, aren't they? I think, I, like, I use the Armway one, and they've got sort of like a um, a plastic part to them that sort of 
stop them from breaking and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I guess the pagoda is much more durable in, in a crash as well, perhaps. Yeah, like, I've, I've broken a whole bunch of skews and you only have to get one of the lobes just slightly off and uh, and the antenna is, is way out straight yeah. away. Yeah, I and, found that. You know, we've all been at the field sort of saying, I'll just bend this back and it'll be okay. But I, I don't know. I think I mine is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your daily driver, Jack. Oh, boys. I mean, what really does it is the broken ground plane. It really does make that antenna so <laughs> flexible. You know, and... Uh, I'm pretty sure that just... I'm you can just move it where you need to. You don't need so much. It's like an old car. It's like, you know, oh, if it's cold in the morning. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet this would love a good old docking. I mean, docking. <laughs> so we've got a question here. How long until we get an MMCX to Raptor? Bloods asks. Bloods ask. Okay. Um... Bloods. Oh. Hang on two seconds, guys. There's a there's that noise again. There is a um straw poll, and if enough people vote, Andy RC has got no choice but to take his top off. Oh, for God's sake, because it is passed <laughs> as a petition. Where is so that? I'm, I'm voting to take it, it off. I, can't, I, I kind of feel like there's a me too moment coming up here yeah. somewhere. And, guys, if you want to put your questions in a chat, I will copy them over. Sorry, carry on, Greg. Well, it no vote, the vote has had four votes so far. Six. Oh, look, it's going up. 71% say take your top off. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just about to vote too, so... Yeah, oh, Jesus. can't argue with democracy, Andy. I know. I'm, I'm voting off. I'm feeling violated, honestly. Eighty percent, eighty-three percent off, seventeen on. I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite worried about this. Why, I'm starting to wonder why people are tuning in. <laughs> is it, is it for what we're talking? I'd about? just like to point out we had sixty-nine viewers when I said that. Now it's gone to seventy-one. Oh my god. I am not a piece of meat. Can you imagine, like, standing in front of 70 people and just taking your shirt off? Like, you got it. You got it. That, that's, what, that's what's happening, right? How, yeah. I, need, I need more friends to, to, to vote this down. Can we can we uh, have answer the uh, MMCX question? Yes. So, yeah. MMCX. Okay, cool. Um, I've been asked quite a few times for MMCX and previously to that UFL. Um so basically, I've had a look at doing it with our current Raptor Pagoda offering, and I think it will probably be quite a bad idea because the the, the Pagoda Raptor is um, is quite a big um, sort of a, a circumference to the to the antenna itself with quite a lot of weight on there. So if we're going down to a thinner cable and everything, it's I think we're going to introduce problems elsewhere. So we, I'm currently working on something um, which I hope to get the design work finished over the coming, uh, you know, couple of weeks or so. And it should be a smaller Omni aimed purely at MMCX. And if anyone still wants UFL with that as well. Yeah, because that, that's become quite a thing, hasn't it? Like doing away with the SMA connector completely for weight mm. purpose on, on the copter. I noticed the um, the the axi you can get it with. Actually, those you can get 
with UFL as well, which I think is a really bad idea because uh, UFL is just not strong enough to, to have no, a direct. UFL Connect I've had, I've had to glue down because at some point it's just come off and yeah. it rips out too easy. But MMCX I quite like. I think it's pretty... pretty and then, then you've, got, there. you've got the crowd of people that say MMCX is, is too hefty and heavy, so you can't win really. <laughs> but I prefer MMCX. So um, I'm well, a I think thumbs up for you... that. If you look at like UFL in MMCX and SMA and you, you look at the data sheets for each of those connectors and the number of operations, you know, the disconnect and reconnect, yeah. the UFL is something like 10 operations. Wow. The SMA <laughs> is about 500 and MMCX, I think, is somewhere between 50 and 100. I can't remember. Right oh, now. really? So, that, so that's more, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, out of those three, if you're going for lightweight, then the MMCX is probably, you know, the happy medium. Uh, neither, all of those numbers are quite terrifying, actually, aren't they? They're very small amounts for, you know, um, especially UFL, because I, you know, they, they come disconnected all the time when you're doing a build, don't they? Yeah, that's because you've unplugged them too many times already and they've just broken. Mm, yeah. you, why are you unplugging them? Usually they're just glued on, no, but aren't UFLs they? just come out all the time. Every time I sort of a, a leaf rushes past, yeah, it's, like it's gone. It's Especially off. when you're doing a build, and like, um, for example, like if your VTX has come, like a lot of those little HLRC ones, you have to put the the GUI bit on yourself, you know. So they come disconnected when you're trying to, you know, do your build and with your cable ties and stuff. They come mm. disconnected all the time. So I think that's why. So, Falling hmm. with style says mating cycles. So, mating cycles. Yeah, I just oh. like to point out that Andy RC's complaining about mating cycles and and waving and docking around. I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about the vote again when you started <laughs> oh, well, talking about uh, Richard Harwood said, "Andy, I just took all my clothes off to make you feel better." So someone is watching nude right now. Richard yeah. Oh yeah, that makes me feel way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll be pleased. A lot more people voted for you to keep your top on. All this thing is missing now is like a donation thing, and then I'm I'm basically you know I've become like a a cam boy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a docking. <laughs> you could be called the docking. This is the live stream. <laughs> become the live docking episode. <laughs> and, uh, that is uh, that's quite frightening. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I see there's a question there from, is it Richard Warwick? He said, yeah. is there an updated Bandicoot in the works? Um, no. <laughs> quick answer is no, because um, the Bandicoot was always designed for sort of like the micro drones, the little whoops and things like that. So I think to redesign that into a much higher gain antenna, it probably won't achieve an awful lot for these sort of um, micro drones. I might be wrong, um, but yeah, nothing's going to um, be developed on the Bandicoot as such. Somebody asked somebody asked me a question, right? Because I always use the the Bandicoot in conjunction with the the Omway antenna, and somebody mm -hmm. said, wouldn't it be better to use it in conjunction with a uh, sort of like a dipole antenna? What do you know the answer? Yeah, the Bandicoot's designed to work um, with a with a whip or dipole style antenna. Um, oh, you mean on the goggles, on the receiving yeah. end? Yeah, the receiving end. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get asked that question quite a lot. What can I put on the goggles with, uh, with the Bandicoot? And it really, it, 
it doesn't make an awful lot of difference. Um, you can stick a circular on there, uh, circular omni, or you could put a uh, like a the rubber duck, because what what you'll find is that the bandicoot would do most of the work. And the other antenna will just probably fill in the gaps, you know, for like yeah. if you do grow over your head or behind you and things like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I did do a test with just a single antenna flying omni to omni versus like a skew to omni. And because I thought, oh, yeah, omni omni is going to be good. And I completely forgot about the fact that, of course, as soon as you turn, that the, the antenna completely depolarizes and you've like got such a db loss coming in it was amazing so at any distance i think i went to about 300 meters and turned around and the the little um rubber duck is like static for about 10 <laughs> seconds during this turn whereas yes, the uh, yeah. skew just like a little flicker and it was back again and that's because it's like it's a it it's not a gain is it it's a loss but it's a constant loss all the way around so it doesn't matter where your orientation of the uh, the other antenna is Yes, yeah, that's right. Because um, yeah, if you you get your cross polarization and you lose a lot of gain, or you do in theory. Um, so if you take um, yeah two linear antennas and you turn one of them at ninety degrees, the actual area where they're cross secting is very small. So you, you do lose a lot of your signal. Um, what you'll find though is if you use a bandicoot with uh, a linear antenna. Um, on your drone, the bandicoot is way more forgiving than two dipoles. So you would you would um, not experience that dropout. And we've done a lot of testing here, and um, you can do flips, inverts, and all sorts with the with the drone, and you don't lose the signal. Sweet says here, Andy RC, Andy RC should take his top off and wear two pico patches. Oh my god. Go on, do it. No, uh, that image would haunt me, says Yodel. Yeah, and me. <laughs> Enoch FBB says a question. What about a real, real long range antenna? Are are you gonna make one of those like a proper like a pepper box type cannon cannon type thing? Have you thought of anything? Yeah. Do anything I've, like that? I've got I've got some designs I'm working on. When can um, I have my one sent to me? As <laughs> <laughs> soon as it's ready. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, no, um, there will, yes, long range. Everyone's talking about long range. Everyone wants to fly further. They want to fly kilometres or, you know, that type of thing. Um, so, yes, we will be addressing it. And, yes, uh, we, we are working on designs and should have something in the foreseeable future. Cool. So there's stuff in the works. So you're always working. I still think it's interesting when people talk about long range in the context of quads because it's all relative, isn't it? It's like long range in a quad. It's like, my goodness, you went to one kilometre. Well, I don't know. I can fly 10 minutes of mine, so I can go five out and five back. You you can fly 10 minutes if you fly, you know, like Like, like like this, very concentrated, being really gentle. Yeah, like Jack drives, like Miss Daisy. Um, Yeah. Four four minutes out, four back. That'll get you some distance. Beyond what? Beyond a couple of kilometres. I should think maybe so. three with the right the right sort of quad. Somebody said to me, "Why why don't we see uh, why don't we see dual antennas on VTXs?" Uh, and I think their idea was um, to sort of have a maybe an antenna above above the quad, so on top. 
and an antenna below the quad. But I, I guess, I, I mean, the, the answer I gave is that, like, I, I think there are ideas why, why don't we have diversity on a copter? And, of course, you can't have it on the copter. I think what maybe you could have, I think you would have to have maybe two VTXs, one transmitting, and do you know what I mean? So you had like two twenty-five that, milliwatts. That would be fifty milliwatts. But would it? Would it though? If they're, do you know what I mean? They would just be Somebody set this up. I don't know if this was this was Alex again. Did this as a system on a plane where he used two VTXs and two receivers or or something. And the idea was it was going to be it looked for the, the best signal or, or something like left hand and right hand polarized on different things and it used some sort of diversity system. It was some weird and wacky setup, which was basically to, to try and alleviate the problem at range about anything on the, it, it was on a wing or something, about something blocking the signal at certain distances. Well, yeah, if, if you've got your antenna on the top of a quadcopter, for example, and you go up high, your copter is blocking the signal completely. So I think I think their idea was is to have another antenna at the bottom, and then when that happens, that one becomes in use somehow. But um, it's that somehow part that's uh, quite tricky. <laughs> Somebody did something, and I think it was based more on about left-hand and right-hand polarization yeah. rather than two different... It might have been on two different channels. I can't remember it now. It's going to bug me, and I'm going to have to try and look that up. Um, I think I, I, I do remember something vaguely about this, where it was two VTXs on two um, different channels, and one was on left and one was on right, and then they modified a diversity receiver to receive the two different frequencies, but the diversity would pick the clearest one, um, from what I remember. Yeah, ah, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. We could yeah. send send one to each eye. Someone said in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Just close your eye. It depends which one's best. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone who fitted a servo on their antenna, and it, it it flicked it up to underneath, like on a switch, like on a servo. So when they went above themselves, it was like a manual switch of the. <laughs> you could go the whole hog, and you could have tracking on the ground and the reverse tracking on your model as well. So. Well, both you know, antennas would point towards each other at all time. I hate to talk about the Doc King again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not helping. But but what this does is it's it it um if you can buy like an infinite number of these and link them together via an Ethernet cable, um the idea is that you you sort of like say if you were in a race, you can dot them around the track. Um, and it'll it'll be multiversity, I think they they say. And uh, the thing is that the thing is though, like you'd need that for every pilot because it's multiversity for just the one channel that it's on. So I don't know whether that's yeah. going to take off, but um, that's something that this system offers. I, I suppose they could be suggesting that you could, um, let's say, you wanted to fly around. Uh, uh, tunnels that go under the ground. Yeah, like one yeah. of those every so often. Yeah, uh, I, but I, I love your quote about having an infinite amount of them. It's like if you have an infinite amount of them, you, it will type the works of Shakespeare. It's kind of like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like the top limit. That's interesting, though. Yeah, I'm tempted to go and like sort of climb a load of trees and just put them in permanently with just like a lipo, just lipo that all dangles all the around the, the tree. Where you fly on yeah. the poo bin, and yeah. just like, then every time you fly, you don't have to even think about it. XT60 that yeah, just dangles at the bottom of the tree. Plug it in. They're okay. 
Sorry, I've got another question in the chat. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to, Andy. You're in full swing then. I'm talking garbage, Tony, so it's fine. I don't uh, seaweed, in the, seaweed in the chat says, does it cause much loss running a 45 de de degree connector with my patch? No. There you go. That's a positive no from Greg at Menace. If you, if you want to find out more, hop onto the Menace website, go to the page which says tips. In on it says what tips T I P S okay. tips. Thank you. And I, there's a bit there where I've done a little bit of testing um, with various different connectors. And from what I remember, the 45 was hardly anything, the 90 degree was hardly anything. But some of the extensions that I tested, um, some were good, some were not so good. Hmm. That's that's the worry in Depends doing. Depends what the coaxial's made out of. Is that right? Whether it's lost yeah. or not. Well, the one I think I was them was RG three one six, which is only good to about three gigahertz, and it was being sold as a good for five point eight, but it wasn't. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I've got two kind of random things, and then we'll ask droning out droning on's question. Um. One is Andy RC. Uh, Dan Upton's currently working on a dog poo bin emoji for my oh, Twitch. Oh, awesome. Yeah, which I thought was quite funny. And um, I was going to go back to Curry Kitten's um, skew planer and cloverleaf uh, argument. Surely it was back in the day the cloverleaf was the three-lobed antenna and then the skew planer was the receiving one for the four the the way I recall it, and I might be wrong, but I think the the skew planer was the old one with the four lobe. Yeah, and that would stay on your receiver, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what. I if, if you were running them, you would always run the, the 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 more lobes on the receiver. So it got into a habit for a while that people would have a skew on the receiver and a cloverleaf on the the model. But then it's like, well, just run skew both ends because that's that's better. What we did, yeah, wasn't it? Because, like, you know, you're making it yourself. Well, when people were making it themselves, it was slightly harder to make them decently, which before people started making them in in any sort of bulk quantity. <laughs> so, the, the Omway antenna that I run is listed as the Omway Cloverleaf. Oh, I'm gonna look at <laughs> Have a look. Type in Google Onway Cloverleaf. And all no, I'm not stuff. typing that in. I'm I'm looking for Onway Skew Planer. Screw Onway. They don't know what they're talking about. Let me find. Let me find what I'm. Looking yeah, for. like as far as uh, RC model reviews are, they can't be trusted. For even I, making I, I'm, not too, I'm not too bothered on the name, really. It's you know. Plus, you can have a four leaf clover, surely. Lucky. No, yeah. just, they're just legends. <laughs> Greg, most of your stuff's receiving antennas. Are you doing a transmitter antenna anytime soon? Yeah, well, we were just talking earlier about the MMCX. So, yeah. yeah Is there anything that... else coming with that? What, transmitting wise? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, this MMCX is going to be um, something a little bit different without going into too much detail but yeah it should be a good little omni antenna to add okay. to the menace range yeah you look really intellectual your glasses greg you should wear them more it's only so i can see things <laughs> right 
to, to slightly interrupt, if you all click on the link that I've put in the um, chat, you will see the 1950s skew planar antenna. I kind of oh, feel like Wayne's turned into one of those people in the comment section on a YouTube video where it doesn't matter, but I have to be right. But it's eating away at me now. And every time someone says slightly the, you know, if you just listen to a bunch of people talk about things that, you know, you know about and they don't, and then they keep saying it wrong every moment and you start, every time they say it, you say the right word and then it gets louder and eventually you have to go over there and start interrupting them and, and shake them and maybe it's just me. I kind of feel like this is a conversation to your therapist right now rather than people. <laughs> you know, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's like you're explaining something to me that you need to get off your chest certain yeah. things eat away at me and they must be put right we, we can't let people get it wrong people cannot be wrong on the internet because that never happened <laughs> we'll put them yes. right one one person at a time i think i think as well though you know i i get that as well because um Quite often, I'll have made a video, and you know, when you're just talking, you'll just say something, and you can't unsay it, but you know it's wrong in your video. I absolutely hate that, and you've probably had that before as well. And you're like, you can't cut it because it just wouldn't make sense if you if you cut it and stuff. So, it's I think it's fun. In fact, Joshua Bardwell taught me this. He said that you should make a mistake in every video on purpose because then people will go crazy correcting you, but it will give you the views of the exposure. So We should have 10 billion subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, Tony. Is I can't true. even spell the thing that... Exactly. This is all like me and Jack talk off air and go, let's spell it wrong to get the viewers. <laughs> it just don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes, we have these special meetings where we're very cerebral and we talk about how how we're going to act stupid all the way through, like we don't know what we're talking about. But it's all right. an act, really. We know everything. It, 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 like, yeah, totally me, right. you know, Tony's like, oh, do you reckon I would get high again if I like made a, a, a like, you know, coaxial reflector? shield or something and i'm like no tony you can't let them know that you know what that is <laughs> no. that is. oh um last week we talked a little bit about the x light and someone said it if i was going to be getting one and i wasn't sure but i am going to be sent the x light so i can announce that on on here and you know i'm not i'm i know that i'm not a big fan of the small transmitters but I've had a lot of requests, and somebody said, oh, I'll send you one, so I'm going to be checking that out. Cool. What are you doing, Jack? <laughs> Got no idea, mate. Powdering enough, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, just before, I, I thought about doing some new segments to the show, and I thought of this new segment. It's called Andy oh, RC. No. You're northern, <laughs> aren't you? And it's where I ask you a northern slang word and you've got to try and explain what it is. Go on, man. Andy, what is a tea cake? A tea cake? It's just a, it's Without just... Googling! <laughs> a tea cake is just a muffin, isn't it? I don't know. Is that... I don't know. Or, or, or is it... Tea cake. Why, why, would it be... to me. why would it be called a muffin? Why would oh. it have two names? I have no idea. I think, first of all, we should discuss 
what is tea, a tea? Is it a drink or is it a meal? Oh, that's the next week. Uh, that's next week. Because I need one, one a week. Up here, tea time is, you know, it's time for food, you know. Yeah, but the up, there, up there, a t-shirt is a bloody jacket down here, isn't it? I thought you were going to ask me what docking was. That's that's my more sort of uh, thing that I can answer. Right, and that is the end of the show. Thank <laughs> you everyone for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. You've been joined by Andy RC, the Doc King. Good night, everybody. Do not Google that or do it. Our guest, Menis Darcy. Thank you very much. Good night. The uh, the Doc Er, Tony. Bonjour. And the Doc E, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, Curry Kitten. Remember, correct it. It's not Cloverleaf, it's a skew planer. <laughs> I'm going to just call it a go relief just wind you up now <laughs> and I've been bright into our fly big massive shout out to the people that support us on Patreon our latest donator is Falling With Style I believe Green Patches, Mikey Dread, Zero FPV uh, Gav's just uh, Gav says it's a urinal cake sorry ah. <laughs> me um steve gadlin uh yeah loads of you guys if you can please just spare a dollar or two it helps keep the show afloat and makes frank a lot less stressed out because he's like if there's a problem he can he can actually do something about it uh thank you and good night richard warwick telemetry lost